When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Gangplank Report. We are covering episode two of Below Deck, season nine, and Bravo had a stupid name for this one. We decided to rename it the Dos Equis Guy. <laughs> and here's Jen for your rapid recap. The beach picnic was actually only an hour late, but it's the best looking beach picnic setup I've ever seen. And they stayed for two hours, so they took advantage of it. Captain Lee calls and says he'll be aboard that afternoon. Captain Sean departs with kind words to his face and knife-shaped snark behind his back. It goes to prove that no good deed goes unpunished. Rachel is preparing a Japanese-style tasting menu for dinner. There is an awkward meeting between Chief Stew Heather and Lee. Lee shares with Eddie that he's had AFib for years and he had to have a cardiac ablation and that's why he was late. Jessica says that it's easy to romanticize the yachting industry. Everyone raved about Rachel's dinner. The great towel debate occurs the morning of the last day. Did they or didn't they have towels? Docking went smoothly, but the departure did not because the primary brought up the housekeeping errors. They left an $18,000 tip in their wake. The crew night out gives Heather and Fraser a chance to talk it out, but it only seems to be settled on the surface. Raina and Jake bounce back and forth between snogging and her talking to her man on the phone. And that's your rapid recap. And really quickly, before we start talking about the episode, a big thank you to our friend Georgie in the UK, who pointed out that all through the podcast last week, I was mispronouncing Fraser. And I was calling him Frazier. I'm going to blame it on too many episodes of Cheers, but thank you, Georgie. Okay, so getting into this episode, we see that the guests do have to wait a little bit in order to get this beach set up. And I saw a lot of back and forth on Twitter last night about this. But ultimately, a lot of people were saying that Sean should have had everything ready to go and lined up instead of having Eddie run back and forth. But that's not entirely true it's actually eddie's job to have everything set up and ready to go sean was just there to help execute once everything was at the location and tweak it and make it look good yeah exactly because he knows based on what he's already seen of eddie's arrangement skills that eddie doesn't maybe have the vision that he does or know the equipment as well as sean does because sean actually works on that boat right I was really annoyed last night seeing not only how the crew left Sean's departure, their comments about it, but also Captain Lee. I was pretty disappointed to see him be that flippid about Sean. Like you said at the beginning, no good deed goes unpunished. Like the man was there to help. He didn't intend to be there. He wasn't trying to take Lee's job. He was just trying to do his best with the multi-million dollar asset that he is normally in charge of, by the way, 
So for Lee to say, get off my boat, I thought was pretty flippant and a little ridiculous because it's not his boat. Right. Yeah. And it hit me wrong as well. I have seen some of my friends defending him and saying that he was just joking around. But even if it was a joke, in the context of how Bravo framed Sean as a captain, period, it didn't feel like a joke to me. I didn't take that as a joke. That did not come across. That came across like dragging my thing through broken whiskey bottles. That's not a joke. Right. Yeah. And I feel like for somebody who did you a favor, who did you a solid by getting you through until you finally showed up, it was pretty disrespectful. Yeah, he surprised me the most with it. Eddie, I wasn't surprised by because he's been griping the whole time about it. And he made this comment that the season isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. But for Sean, it is a sprint. He literally had a day and a half to show who he is as a captain. And it reflects on his reputation in the future. So to me, it was a sprint for Sean. And I'm not holding anything that happened against him. I already stated my case last week and people are going to think what they're going to think. But Eddie didn't surprise me. Rachel didn't surprise me. She just annoyed me because she's talking about how Eddie talked behind her back last season and how she's still crushed by it. And she said kind things to Sean's face, but made the small schwantz comment behind his back and also said don't let the passerelle hit you on the way out my captain lee is coming back so i just think that a false dichotomy was set up where you have to like one or the other i don't like that different bosses have different strengths and you don't have to down one to like the other in my opinion I agree with you. I think it was a bad setup to begin with. And I feel like enough people knew going into that, that Lee was returning. So it's not like Sean was there to take his place or like you had to pick a favorite because any competition was going to happen where one would stay and one would go. Right. We knew what the ultimate result of that was. They weren't going to have an American gladiators with jousting sticks where whoever knocks the other one off is who gets the boat. That's not the <laughs> scenario. As entertaining as that would have been, and I can guarantee you I know who would have won that throwdown. Yeah. Anyway, I really think that they could have framed it in a better way. And because Sean did them all a solid production, I mean, and Lee, that they could have been more graceful. Yeah, exactly. And gracious. Exactly. Yeah. Well, moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. People are sick of us already. So <laughs> let's get into the juice. So we see some tension starting to build with Fraser and Heather. And I saw a lot of back and forth last night on Twitter too, about whose fault that was. And I feel like from Heather's perspective, if she's looking at just their resumes and she's seeing that Jess has done solo stew, but not on a big boat, like what they're on now, but Fraser has done head of housekeeping on a big boat that size, then it makes sense for her to lean more on his experience and putting him as second stew but in charge of housekeeping and it doesn't seem like she maps that out very well because from my third party perspective her having that conversation with Fraser still means your second stew which means you still have something to do with service so I feel like 
some of that housekeeping should have been delegated to Jess, not just get sticking her in laundry and leaving her there. At the same time, Fraser's experience as head of housekeeping, maybe Heather should have asked a couple more questions to find out how much serving experience he had to know what she could throw him into right? or not. And it just seemed like she didn't do all her homework asking questions about their actual onboard experience. Okay. Well, my thought on this is that Heather is in a bad luck position of following Katie as a chief stew because Katie was ever present on the screens. We saw what she was doing all the time and she was busting hump. I have seen Heather talking to Rachel a lot. I see her pop up here and there. She said what the specials were going to be for the final breakfast, things like that. But it was Fraser who was serving it. So I'm not seeing what she's doing enough to not be leading service if that's the role that she's going to take, which is what it seemed like at the beginning but she sent Fraser off to the beach picnic. And for the first off-boat event, I would have thought she would have wanted to be there, especially knowing that he's not super familiar with cocktails. I don't know. I'm just questioning it. It's still too early in the game for me to take sides on either one. Fraser makes me laugh. I like snark without it being hyper vicious. And he's not. He's courteous to her face. Yeah, I don't know if that snark is going to change if it's going to be more targeted or if they're doing another bait and switch where they make it seem like he's gonna rag on her the entire time and then he ends up being besties with her I don't it's hard to tell right because they do that kind of stuff to us in these promos all the time so Mm -hmm. it's difficult to discern what the outcome will be in advance if you're looking at Bravo historically I think it's interesting that we do see him being a little bit more snarky. And I think that's probably what people were attaching themselves to more than anything else watching him, which Mm -hmm. is understandable because it's entertaining. At the same time, is his experience, because she's relying on looking at his resume, is his experience really what he said it is when he's only worked on two boats or one boat? One boat, two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So that presents a bit of a challenge for her as well. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I hope they end up getting along. I do too. It'd be nice to see a cohesive interior. Yeah. But we know that historically that doesn't always happen. Right, it doesn't. And like I said in the recap, it seemed like they had talked things out in a mature way on the surface when they went out to dinner on the crew night out, but then you pop to the confessionals and there were only Fraser confessionals. There weren't any Heather ones that I can recall. And he was basically taking back everything that he was saying because she had interrupted him while he was speaking and other things. So they kept going back and forth to that. So I don't know how ready he is. I think he's saying all the right things to her face, which I think will only compound the communication issues because she's going to think it's resolved and he's still holding a little bit of a grudge about it if it doesn't change. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And then we see the very first crew night out. You talked a little bit about the two of them chatting, but then we get to see a little bit of everybody else's personality with 
alcohol involved. Mm -hmm. Seems like the chef dialed it back a little bit Mm -hmm. from what we've seen before. Right. But it seems like everybody else starts to gear up. I think that our female death canned Raina is going to be pretty entertaining this season. (laughs) She makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) I I like her. I do too. (laughs) She's very funny. I like that she pops off a little quickly, but dials it back at the same time. I like that she's lighthearted about it. She seems eager to learn. Eddie seemed happy with her performance. So she's not somebody who's out there to be out there. She wants to learn how to do the job. So I thought that was good. But the dustpan debacle, like how do you not know where the dustpan is? You're the interior kind of thing. And Jake actually knew where it was, which made me laugh for some reason. He seems like a good egg too. I like getting to know the people. I love the early episodes of the season because I like the new faces and I like trying to figure out who's going to be who in the archetypes that they use. And Jessica seems very quiet, laid back. I like that she said she didn't mind being in the laundry because then she doesn't really have to deal with anybody. It's like solitary confinement. Because that's always the job that I said I would do if I had to go on below deck. I'd want to be in the laundry all the time because I don't do good around people. So do well around them. Well, I mean, (laughs) I get that. At the same time, it becomes extremely monotonous after a while. Trust me. Yeah. So it just depends on what level of excitement you're looking well, for. I, guess. I live in the country <laughs> surrounded by trees. <laughs> the excitement is new birds at my feet. <laughs> really, I get mine vicariously through below deck. That's where my excitement comes from. Now I did like just real quickly, the guests overall, I thought that they were good. I didn't think that they were too demanding. I didn't have a problem with them bringing up what was wrong. I think constructive criticism is a good thing. And I think if you're expecting that you're going to knock it out on your first charter together when you don't even know these people and you can't take constructive criticism, I think that's a bigger problem than a client or a guest who's actually giving you feedback. I'm just glad that nobody tried to blame the housekeeping issues on Sean. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good point. (laughs) Captain Lee wasn't very happy about them and he called Heather up to the pilot house to ask her to fill him in on what had happened. Their interactions are very strange to me. I had read somewhere and I don't know that it's true that they knew each other. So all of their inner... Yeah, I think they were all hanging out with his previous chief stew and the wife and everything like that recently, actually. Okay, so if it's post the show, I don't know that they knew each other before, but it was very... All of their interactions seem very stilted and kind of cringy to me. Did they to you? Okay. I agree with that. But that tells me if he's hanging out with her post season Mm -hmm. with other people that she makes it at least through the season. That's true. That's true. In good standing Mm -hmm. with him. Yep. That's a good point. That's an interesting foreshadowing. But really, other than that, there wasn't a whole ton of major things that went on. I think- The focus was, I suppose, to be on his arrival. Right. But you can't really expound on facts that he shared. They're just facts. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens because we get a little bit of a preview going forward. So I'm interested to see. It looks like next week's episode, at least on the guest end, is pretty drama packed. So 
that looked insane to me. That actually scared me a little bit. I have a problem with loud, intimidating domestic violence. Yeah, that's what it <laughs> felt like. Yeah. I mean, we saw like the couple that was supposed to get married last season on Below Deck Mediterranean get into a little bit of a tiff, yeah, but it wasn't anything like that. That was just words. It didn't seem physically aggressive. Where the crew had to physically separate them yeah. from each other. Yeah. Yeah. It was that messed with me. That might be a little too real for me, <laughs> for my yeah, right? my choice of reality television, but that's true. Well, we've got this week uh, coming out Thursday mm-hmm. a very interesting super fan interview with somebody who's been in the yachting industry for a really long time. Happens to be a huge fan of Below Deck as well from the beginning, which is cool. And also we do a very cool, very personal tribute to Captain Mark Howard. Yes, it was a great interview and it was nice to be able to pay tribute to Captain Mark because he was definitely a good egg. And we sent our condolences, but check that out. Oh, before we sign off though, we have a question this week from Emily and she wanted to know about the deck team roles. Specifically, what's the difference between first officer and a bosun? Because Eddie's now the first officer, but there's no bosun. And she wanted to know why is that? Because in past seasons, before a televised crew member was first officer, we knew that there was one on board, but there was still always a bosun. So can you help Emily out with that? Because I had replied to her. I said, we will, and I said, corrected myself, and I said the royal we, which means Adrian will answer that on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So the way that it seems like this is working out is that after so many seasons, it seems logical from Bravo's perspective to give Eddie a raise. And he might have the paperwork to back that up, but we don't actually see him doing a lot of first officer duties. We still see him doing exactly the same job he was doing before right? because there is a first officer still on the boat. So while he may have the title of first officer and there is no boasting, the first officer handles all the a majority of anyway, the documentation and the official insurance and does a lot of administrative work with and for the captain of the boat. And I'm sure because Lee is the temporary captain of that boat, the first officer on board actually has his hands full. Okay. Because they're the normal captain is not there. Okay. So while he may have to coordinate with Lee, he's probably checking all the boxes for all the paperwork that he knows normally needs to be accomplished on that boat, therefore leaving Eddie still in the bosun role, but with one more stripe. Congratulations. Okay. All right. That makes sense because Emily pointed out- They're not going to demote the real first officer and make him lug shit around on the beach. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. And I did notice that when they were getting ready to dock, they had Eddie in there with- Captain Lee asking questions about how he had planned on doing this and which way he intended to go, things like that. So it does seem that he's trying to learn. I just didn't know if it's like president and vice president, like if the captain gets injured, if the first officer takes over kind of thing. I mean, they do, but something tells me the insurance wouldn't allow Eddie to do that. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I appreciate it. And I'm sure Emily does too. So thank you, 
for sending in a question. And if you want to be like Emily, send us an email to gangplankreport at gmail.com. We would be happy. Adrian would be happy to answer any questions. <laughs> Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. We appreciate that very much. It gets the word out about us. We do have new people who are starting to listen who were not part of our Below Deck Med season, but are now joining us for Below Deck. So welcome, you guys. We love to interact with you. We live tweet on Monday nights during the show. And like Adrian said before, we will have our very first super fan episode of this Below Deck Med season nine season coming out on Thursday. So thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.